Hey, Selfish Babe, if you've ever wanted to start your own podcast, I recommend trying Anchor by Spotify. It's the platform I love for podcasting. I really love it because some days you just want to get out what you want to say easily, and the Anchor app allows you to record your podcast right from your phone. One of my favorite things I love about Anchor is that you can add background music to each episode and cut audio quickly to add in advertisements. Anchor will distribute your podcast to all the major platforms like Apple, Spotify, Google, and more. Anchor is free. To get started, go to anchor.fm to start your podcast today. Maybe one day you'll be making millions from your podcast. Hey love, welcome to the Selfish Bay Podcast, aka Selfish Talk, hosted by me, Olenike O.C. Selfish Babe is a personal development and women's lifestyle brand dedicated to women learning how to selfishly and authentically love themselves. On this podcast, expect to have your mind expanded, curse words said, and to gain a new perspective about who the fuck you are. Let's get into it. The Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast is sponsored by my company, Goddess Detox. Goddess Detox is a holistic wellness company dedicated to providing women with self-love-inspired products to physically, spiritually, and emotionally detox. If you are a woman wanting to detox her ex, detox negative emotions, as well as to get more in tune with yourself and your vagina, check out our Goddess Vaginal Detox Pearls, as well as our Queen's Theme and Queen's Throne Combo, which is the in-home vaginal steam set for your convenience. You can find out more information on our products at goddessdetox.org, as well as follow at goddessdetox on Instagram. Tell them Olenike OC sent you. Welcome back, Selfish Babes. It is your girl, Olenike Osi here, bringing you another Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast. And I'm super excited about this because we need to talk about menstrual cycles and we need to talk about natural birth control methods. And so before I get started, if you guys are listening on the podcast and want to watch the podcast, you can definitely watch it on my YouTube channel at Olenike Osi. That is O-L-A-N-I-K-E-E-O-S-I, or you can click the link in the description. So today I have two beautiful selfish babes with us who are really knowledgeable in terms of herbs and the divine feminine and what that means. And so I'm so happy to have you ladies on. Wave hello. (laughs) (laughs) And so for the first, I have Selfish Babe Valadia. Introduce yourself, love. Hello, my name is Valadia Chapman. I am the founder of Earth Mama Medicine, which is a wellness platform for physical, mental, and spiritual elevation. And Selfish Babe Devana. Hi, my name is Devana, and my Instagram is Divine Devana. I'm creator of Flower and Flow. I work with women one-on-one and groups. I do women's circles, and I'm so passionate about the menstrual cycle and everything womb and moon and flowers and plants. (laughs) And so um, when I was talking to Lady and Devana, I had mentioned that a few years ago when I had gotten started on my self-love journey, it was very much so woman vagina-based focused. Um, why? Because at that time when I had really, a book that I would reference when I started on my self-love journey was Sacred Woman by Queen Afua. And in that book, she really talked about the womb as well as the menstrual cycle and different things like that. So that was my first introduction to the vagina even being important. And at one point I had written a book called The Power of Looking at Your Yoni, which I need to reprint but it's about women looking at their vaginas and really reconnecting to their vagina. And since then, 
my self-love journey has grown and it's kind of become broader, but I want to bring it back to the vagina because especially when talking about women, I think our vaginas are very much so neglected. And so with my company, Goddess Detox, sometimes I'll post review videos of women who have gotten off of birth control. And once they've gotten off of birth control, they haven't been able to start their cycles again, wanting to start their cycles. And there have been many women that have used the Goddess Vaginal Detox Pearls, and then their cycles start within the next month or two, or two months or quicker. And so for me, I read a lot of comments below those review videos that are like, well, why is she happy that her cycle started? Like, I would be so happy to not have my cycle. And so I get that every woman, you know, has their right to whatever they want to do with their body. And I think that's amazing. But I think that, I think that we're not talking about the other end of, as to like why the menstrual cycle is important and the power in our menstrual cycle. Because when I read those comments, I'm just like, well, why? Like, don't you understand the power behind it? And obviously not. And so I really wanted to have this podcast and really to have have you two ladies on and talk about this because I know that there are so many selfish babes out there that are probably very disconnected with their vaginas and that don't understand the power of our menstrual cycle. It's, it's, it's literally just, I'm just bleeding for a few days. I may be in some pain. It's not something any woman really looks forward to, right? And so uh, for me, I look forward to it because I know I'm not pregnant and I don't want her to be pregnant at this moment. But I want, I really other, I want women to understand that there's more that you can do with your menstrual cycle. And I also wanted to talk about natural birth control methods. And so I want to read a post that I have posted recently on Instagram before we even start this podcast. And it was about Depo because a lot of women are taking depo shots as birth control method, but I understand that depo is very toxic to the body. And so I said, let me know. I want to address these reasons in a Selfish Talk podcast. And so I'm just going to read through some of the comments uh, that some women have commented as to why they may be taking depo or as to why they choose to use other birth, birth control methods that are not natural. So one person says, I was on an arm implant for two years. That should make me crazy, but my daughter's pediatrician told me it was the safest. Didn't give me any risk like crazy long and heavy periods, mood shrinks, swings, or suicidal thoughts. It literally led me to think that my daughter would be better without me. Somebody says, I love my IUD. Simple. Somebody says, my mom got pregnant with me with her IUD in. They told her it was high risk to bring full, told me it was high risk to bring me to full term. Three doctors told her to abort me and one of us was sure to die, but she made it, which was good. Wow. She says, one person said, because ain't nobody going to help me with my child if I get pregnant. I want to know why this bothers people so bad. So there's a lot of things in that comment. I'm just like, well, why would nobody help you with your child? That's just another thing, but that's a whole nother episode. Um, somebody says, I'm on the copper IUD. Haven't had anything happen to me. It's been three years. It also has no hormones. Wonderful. Somebody said, what are all other alternatives do you suggest, which is why we have this podcast. And somebody says, I chose Depo because I can't stand having a cycle, the bleeding, the cramping, being sick, and sometimes not being able to function when my cycle comes on. And I can understand that, but not from a in your shoes perspective, but I did have a friend where if she was on her cycle, she was out. She was throwing up. She was physically sick. She could not do anything for those four to five days. She would have to call out of work, call out of school, could not do anything. So I understand that. One person says, I have been on my non-hormonal IUD for years. 
I only had an issue initially because of human error. They miscalculated my cervix size. But other than that, I don't experience any issues or discomfort with it. I also check it regularly. It really just depends on you and your body. And I completely agree. So I wanna make sure that I make this preface that I am not um, condemning anybody for choosing whatever they want to choose. What I wanna do with the Selfish Talk podcast is to bring awareness on natural birth control methods as well as why even having a menstrual cycle is important and why honoring it is important. And so if you're listening to this podcast or watching this podcast where maybe at first you really didn't understand why it's important and after watching or listening, you're like, wow, I actually want to try being in tune with my cycle. Thank you. That's really just what I wanted you to do is just have maybe a change in perspective of your mind. So again, I want to thank these beautiful ladies for being on. What do you guys think about some of the comments that were made? Wow, the the one about the abortion and she ended up making it is very powerful and interesting. Um, something I did want to say about the copper IUD very quickly is it's often thought of as the only option for people who are interested in, in quote-unquote natural birth control or chemical-free birth control, but the copper IUD is made of a very strong earth substance. Copper, it can be toxic in the body. There is such thing as copper toxicity. And so it's not actually a risk-free, um, not only is having something in your uterus very intrusive and can cause issues, many, many issues, the fact that it's made of copper is, it can be very dangerous and it stays in there for years. It's not recommended by me. And so I, I hope that everybody just knows that. That's all. <laughs> oh, and that you said that um, the person that had commented, somebody else had commented about the copper IG and they've used theirs. And they said that, um, I guess it can stay up for like, you know, 10 years. And she says that she heard that some women don't want to have kids anymore. They would leave it in their uterus longer than 10 years. Oh. And they just leave it. Yeah, that's yeah. really scary. It's, it's um, especially if you're having adrenal impairment, which 99% of us do these days because your adrenals get run down when you're stressed out or you're exposed to toxins in the air and your food, whatever, and you're drinking a lot of caffeine, having a lot of sugar, your adrenals are going to get burned out. So most of us do have adrenal issues. And if you do, you are 100% susceptible to copper toxicity. And when you have copper toxicity, it loads up in your liver, it loads up in your joints. Now you're having mental issues, you're having skin, chronic skin issues. Copper toxicity shows up in a bunch of ways. So think about a lot of the people that are on the copper IUD and have no idea they're even experiencing it. Yeah, now. Yeah. And I'd like to say that um, I, from what you said, it feels like the the disconnection and the numbness as women, as a society, that we've kind of numbed our bodies and numb ourselves from even feeling and knowing what is going on inside of us. Yeah. And um, there's an Instagram page, IUD Awareness, and there's a woman um, who, this is like part of her life path and passion is educating women. It's not usually until they hear the stories that they realize, oh my gosh, wait a minute, that is something that is happening to me. They, they're not connecting it to their IUD. And um, there's a lot of symptoms like pain in sides, pain after sex, blindness, foul odors, strange sensations in the head and skull, suicidal thoughts, cysts, infertility, inability to slip, sleep, yellowing eyes, severe cramping, difficulty breathing, and it's um, coming from the IUD. So looking Definitely. into that. 
that reminds me of, um, I mean, I've never gotten breast implants, but I've heard of the whole hashtag breast implant illness where people yeah. have had a lot of things going on with them, but they didn't relate it back to the breast implants that they had, but it actually is. So that reminds me when you said that about the copper ID. And I'm also going to look up that Instagram page, which you said was IUD awareness and attitude description. I just want to go back to what Valadia had said about um, adrenal toxicity. I think you said adrenal. You said something about Yeah, I said something about adrenal impairment, just having slow adrenal function. What is that? What is adrenal function? I just want to break it down super, super, like, to the basic level. So I want to make sure everybody understands. For sure. So adrenal is spelled like the beginning of adrenaline. So your adrenals are what sort of help your hormones regulate your cortisol levels, your adrenaline, those, basically those fight or flight responses that happen within the nervous system. So yeah. that's why when you consume a lot of sugar and especially caffeine, yeah. or you're experiencing a lot of stress, your adrenals get run down because now you're in that fight or flight response for a majority of your day. Like you have two responses in your nervous system, fight or flight, which a lot of us are in throughout the day for most of our days because we're, we're wired and we're, we're looking at the blue light on our phones and computers, which is, you know, tar- it's very much um, spiking your cortisol and stressing you out more or just being outside or being in like a Costco with the bright lights and, and just stressful environments. There, you know, there's a, a long list of what stressful can mean to you. Yeah. Anyway, when you experience that a lot, it's just, it's basically just imagine if you had a meter that was supposed to, um, measure your cortisol levels and spikes and, and, and it just was run off of a motor or something. After a while, if you're super stressed out, it's just going to get really tired of holding itself up here. That makes sense. Yes. Probably a way for me to explain it, you know? So then after a while, it just gets more tired, more tired, more tired, more tired. Cause you're, you're just stressed out and you're just on adrenal fatigue. Adrenal fatigue is the most common um, way to put it. And a lot of people go through that. And many people are diagnosed with depression, anxiety, um, a lot of other things when it's really just adrenal fatigue. And you can get them tested. If you go to a holistic center, you can get an adrenal test run. And um, it's, it's like a hundred something dollars. So it's not that cheap, but yeah. it's nice if you're feeling those symptoms. Yeah. yeah. Thank you Liv, for explaining that. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> no, it's cool. I wanted us to really break it down. And so as I mentioned before, like um, the book that really reconnected me to my menstrual cycle was Sacred Women by Queen Afua. And just my thoughts on like even why even looking at our vagina, apart from like coming out the shower and looking at ourselves in the mirror, but actually taking a mirror and looking, you know, at the vulva and lips and the clitoris and everything like that, um, that became really important to me. And it became something that I want to bring awareness to because a lot of women don't do that. A lot of women have their partners looking at their vagina, have their gynecologists looking at their vagina, but they don't look at their own vagina. And so a lot of women are still in that where they're not connected to their vagina. And so I kind of wanted to ask you guys, um, you guys can pick whoever wants to go first, but what is your connection with your menstrual cycle? And what do you do when you're on your cycle? Okay, I'll, I can go. <laughs> um, okay, so, well, let me start by saying I got my menstrual cycle. I started bleeding. We used to call it period. I like calling it now my moon because of the connection with the moon and women and the cycles in our bodies. And so um, I got it actually when I was with my dad in seventh grade watching the movie The Perfect Storm. Okay. And I was all, and I was wearing a red thong at the time. The thong song was like the biggest thing. And my friend Tina was with me. And so she had already started her blood 
So um, I went home with her that day. I remember I was terrified. I was scared. I didn't tell my dad. And I just went with her and she like gave me pads and like gave the whole thing to me. And that started the, the cycle of being ashamed every month, hating it. Oh gosh, every time it would come. That's the programming that we've had in society, in this patriarchal society that we are now shifting out of and remembering the power of our wombs, of our blood. And so the sacred woman was also the first book that led me on my journey of, of the womb and connecting the womb to the earth and the power of our wombs. And it's just been an unraveling ever since then. And as I go deeper and deeper into my self love, I just come deeper and deeper into loving my moon, loving my menstrual cycle, loving when my, when my blood comes, it's going to be here tomorrow. And I'm just like excited. And, um, <laughs> so I, I did the apprenticeship with the Gaia school of healing and three years ago. And in this class was when we learned about how powerful it is to rest yes. when we bleed. And this is ancient wisdom that the time of the goddess and when Queens were in their power, that this was, this was, this was just an everyday practice that women knew that when your blood comes, you rest. And then this is where the red tent comes in that maybe we'll talk about later, but all the women, when they bleed, they go together and they bleed together and they rest and they nourish themselves and they take baths. So this is what I do. I know it's very hard in the society. Not every woman can go and just rest for seven days, yeah. but even just honoring maybe the first day or the second day, yeah. um, when your blood comes to try to do, your best to rest and do absolutely nothing yeah lay in bed lay on the earth give yourself massages with oil drink teas and foods that your body's craving and so when my blood comes that's what I try to do and the more that I do this the more sensitive I become to this time Hmm. and before I wouldn't even notice I would try to work out because Cosmo magazine says work out when you're when you're bleeding and that will help with cramps and that's like the <laughs> complete backwards like advice yeah. so, slow movement is nice maybe if you're really feeling to move moving your body moving your hips that that might feel good um, but now if I do work out because if I forget maybe I'll do an inversion and I'll go take a yoga class and I'll regret it so badly because that actually will give me cramps going upside down, working hard. One time I ran from my, from the street into my house and I had the worst cramps from, from that, from too much movement because I have learned to slow down and rest. So when I forget, when I go into that young energy, that masculine, like fast energy, when I'm bleeding, I'll feel it. Hmm. And so, um, when my blood comes, I like to rest, move slowly, rub my body with oils. And the practice of giving blood back to the earth is a very powerful practice that is, um, I don't know if you want to talk about that now. We're going to talk about it in a second. Okay. I like that you mentioned that. Um, but in the Guy's School of Healing, she talks about resting when our blood comes because it goes with the time of the new moon. And the new moon is the dark period. It's the time when there's no moonlight in the sky. It's a time for us to retreat inwards, to reflect on our life, to reflect on this new cycle that's starting. And flowing with that is just such a beautiful journey to go within, to rest, to journal. We, our intuition is heightened at this time. Our psychic powers come alive um, when, when we're bleeding. 
our dreams are heightened, writing down our dreams, planting the seeds for our goals, just using that time of our blood to connect to ourselves, to connect to the the divine feminine, to the goddess within us. Yes. And we all can do that in our own beautiful way. I love that. So would you say that from the beginning of your mentor cycle, when you first started in the seventh grade to now that you have definitely transformed how it, how your relationship is to your menstrual cycle? Oh my goodness, completely, like 180. And, and like I said, I actually look forward to it now. Um, I look forward to these bleeding years, to this time that women have when we bleed. Yeah. And of course, I know gender, the whole gender, just change the pronoun as needed, not only being to bleed are women, of course. Right. Um, so I, I'll use the term women. And... Um, totally transformed and using incorporating the herbs i like to drink drink my infusions when i'm bleeding i make a blend that is just with hibiscus and different herbs and it's this beautiful bright red color and i only drink it during my moon and i like look forward to it i'm like yes i'm gonna make my overnight infusion and have this big mason jar of this red drink and i just feel like a queen drinking this red drink it's like what's going in is coming out and yeah so beautiful i love that what about you valeria how was your first menstrual cycle experience and how is it now your relationship to your menstrual cycle (laughs) so i first began bleeding i guess it was eighth grade i was 14 and or maybe it was i was 14 and um i was at a (laughs) the I was at my play that I was rehearsing for, Little Shop of Horrors, and we were, I was on the stage, and all I know is that my stomach started to really, my stomach started to really hurt, so um, when we had a break, I visited the bathroom, I was very grateful to see that there was blood, but it didn't seep out into, like, my pants or anything, because a friend of mine had just done that, like, the week before with a bright yellow skirt and she had a huge red puddle. So I knew that, I mean, please, Lord, please don't let that happen to me. And that's, I mean, honestly, that was my main thought when I looked down, I was kind of excited and I was like, oh yes, it's, it's only in my underwear. Yeah. And I called my mom and was like, it happened. I was excited about it. Yeah. I was excited about it. Um, my mom did a good job at enlightening me on, um, maybe not about empowerment, but just about you're a woman now, you know? So I guess I would just felt more grown up and ready to do woman things. So um, yeah, fast forward. I, once I got my second period, it was like the first one was just out of pure excitement. But when I got the second one and no one's excited anymore, (laughs) I mean, it's true. In the beginning, my mom bought me like a little stuffed animal and she took me out to dinner and was just like celebrating with me and after that it's like all right make sure you do your path that's it (laughs) and um then yeah I can resonate with what Devana said it was something that I resented and and did not look forward to and it hurt and it just wasn't I use it as an excuse to get out of PE it was just something that was just like I'm sick when this is happening yeah and um to now I have grown to absolutely love my period. And you were talking about your apprenticeship. I think that what helped me value it was going to Origins Gathering um, a while ago when we had our Red Tent event. I I really, really came into it. And that was only almost two years ago, but it's still, um, that is what really taught, just made me feel more, uh, helped me resonate with it being sacred. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I bleed. I don't use any like 
tampons or things like that, I bleed on a rag and then I soak the rag in a mason jar with water so that all the blood can be released into the water and I use it to, to water my plants or release into the earth for different ceremonial purposes. And it's very, very powerful to me now. I love sex while I'm bleeding. It's so juicy and satisfying. Um, I feel very powerful and I've read that, you know, like you were talking about, everything's heightened then. And when I was, I don't know where I read this, but a lot of ancient tribes would ask the woman to stay in her hut while she was bleeding and not come out because they were afraid of what power she was accessing within and what she might do or say. And so, man, ever since I read that, <laughs> I, I, I saw a whole new outlook. I'm like, wow, I feel like a walking goddess. Y'all don't know I got this secret in my pants right now. <laughs> secret in my uterus. Yeah. I love it. I had two questions. So you mentioned that now you choose to bleed on a rag and then um, put in a mason jar and water your plants. Why do you choose to bleed on a rag versus maybe uh, a diva cup or a pad or a tampon? Um, the pad is, the no pad or tampon is purely for earth ecosystem purposes. I just don't want to create any more waste. And I don't like the idea of my blood going into the landfill. I mean, it's just way too sacred for that. Mm -hmm. And then um, I tried the Diva Cup once and I just wasn't, I didn't like it. Mine kept leaking for some reason and it would be up in there really tight, but I would still have blood coming out into my underwear and pants and it was really frustrating. And so I, I didn't really like the Diva Cup. And um, yeah, I have a couple of reusable pads that I've sewn myself. I'm still learning my sewing machine. So when I really get like good with it, I'll make a lot of pads to just have a stock. And I don't mind the cloth pads. Okay. But for now, um, I just use, I just got a bunch of, like a big stack of rags from the dollar store and wash them. I mean, not the dollar store, from Goodwill. <laughs> wash them. And then those are my bleeding rags. I just like fold it into a little hot dog but in my underwear and it stays there. And now if I have to go somewhere, it's not the most convenient, but um, I usually wear dresses and gowns on my cycle, so you can't tell. What's the like, and this may be a little personal, but what's the change okay. between them? I just wanna know like how they, like how much they can hold. They, I find that they hold better than anything I've ever used. I mean, cause I fold the rag in three, so it's got three layers and the terry cloth is very absorbent. Yeah. And I also don't bleed very much at all. My cycle is only three days long. And um, it's not that much blood. So, yeah, I can do it. And even if I'm kind of heavy, I just change it out every, like, two hours maybe and put another rag on, sometimes even more sooner. But it holds it for me. I never have a leak. And I feel so comfortable because it's cloth. You know, I didn't like yeah. the paper cotton. I love that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's, that's a really cheap way. The selfish baby is listening and wants to try it. Now you know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheap. You don't got to buy none of the fancy stuff. Yeah. I also did not like the diva cup too. I had the same thing. It felt invasive. I've learned now that I don't want anything even inside me at that no. time. It's like I wanted to just flow. I love free bleeding, like wearing nothing and let and just going to be outside and let it go on the earth if that's convenient. Of course, not, not all of us can do that depending yeah. on our lifestyle and I love that though. And I just gathering one of the teachers was she was um teach I, I don't know why I attended this class because I'm obsessed with birth and being a mother, even though I'm not that yet. But I went to the elimination communication class just because I wanted to learn about it. I'm really fascinated with it. And she was teaching, she was free bleeding while she was teaching. So she had her little skirt on. It's she feels it dripping down. She reaches her fingers down and she has a crop top, so she takes her blood and does a circle around her belly button while she's breastfeeding and teaching a class. Wow. 
I was like, yeah, the most amazing thing I've ever seen. She's like talking, teaching, breastfeeding, blood, drawing on her stomach with the blood. It was amazing because wow. everybody was amazed by it. Everyone was just like, yeah, she's being a woman right now yeah. in every way. And we're all getting to witness this while she's teaching us something really valuable. So yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> Thank you ladies for sharing. Yeah. Now for me, I know that I started my cycle when I was 12 years old. And we, I had learned about it, like, through sex ed class. My mom didn't really, like, have those conversations with me, not even about sex in general. It was, like, all kind of left up to the school. And so I started my cycle. But first, I didn't know that I started my cycle because um, my blood wasn't uh, red. It was, like, kind of brown. And so I didn't know what that was. But I still didn't tell my mom. I kind of felt like, well, I don't know. Can I tell her? So I think I was bleeding for a few days and I end up wearing um it was a swimsuit bottom that I had because I felt like it would like hold more and eventually I had written a note and I had slipped it under my mom's door to tell her that because I, I was so like afraid and embarrassed and to tell her that my cycle started and then I just remember getting pads and that was it it really wasn't like a conversation about now you're a woman or like anything like that. It just, again, it was just kind of left up to the school. And ever since then, I've just used, I was the always pad girl. I tried tampons. Um, I didn't really like them. And then I heard about like just the uh, toxic stuff in tampons. So currently what I do, I still use pads, but I use more of the natural 100% cotton pads or more, I think it's called Nature Nature Cure, but it's a brand that they sell in Whole Foods. That's what I use now. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at. And so in my current menstrual cycle, I'll take baths. I know exactly when it's coming, like I track it. Um, I'm more so, I was a full moon bleeder, then I moved to the new moon, but now I'm getting back to being a full moon bleeder, which I'm happy about. And really interesting, but uh, what do I call it? Um, I know when I'm ovulating now <laughs> and I, I'm excited about that because like back in the day, I never had what we called, um, I think it's called like your, uh, I think it's called cervical mucus when you're ovulating. Mm -hmm. I didn't like, it was never as much as it was. Like I just never noticed it. But then I had recently went to the gynecologist and showed her this video because I take videos and she was like, yeah, you're, you know, that's your ovulation, your uh, fluid. And I'm like, oh, wow. So recently I'm 27 now, but recently that's been like more consistent. I can see when like the actual mucus, when I'm ovulating, I'm like, wow, like I feel more in tune with my body because of that. And so that's pretty much where I'm at with my menstrual cycle. Um, I don't cramp. I've never been a person that cramped a lot when it came to their menstrual cycle. I can still be active. I do slow down much more now. I do journal. I take spiritual baths when I'm on my menstrual cycle. As Devonna had mentioned, I've done, um, well, we're going to talk about it, but I've done some blood magic with my menstrual cycle and put it back into the earth. Um, but it's not something that I'm ashamed of. It's not something that I, I dread coming. And so I'm always like, again, I'm still just like, wow, a lot of women dread their menstrual cycle coming. And I get the perspective of the ones that don't like it because of the cramping but what about the ones that may not experience that like but they're still dreading it and why and so again this is why I wanted to have this conversation now I want to ask you Devana why do you think menstrual cycles are important like what are the significance of having your menstrual cycle well the menstrual cycle is life and not all of us are meant to may or want to have a child but the menstrual blood is it's like 
how deep do we want to go? <laughs> how deep do we want to go in the history and like of the blood? Because like even people can go and do their own research. There's an amazing book called Womb Awakening and that just like breaks it down. It's this thick and it is just a powerful book, Womb Awakening. But the blood is the life force. It is the elixir of life. It is the, it is what makes us into humans growing in the womb and the 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 symbolism of the menstrual cycle is this renewing this regeneration this rebirth energy it's also symbolic of death and of life and the power of people who bleed that we are letting go of a potential life every time we bleed or we are growing a new life and that power that we have the choice. Yeah. It's this life and death. And it's like this constant renewal and rebirth of our life force, of our energy, of ourselves, of who we are. And there's a symbolism that comes with the Christ, the blood of Christ, how in the churches that they're drinking the blood of Christ when they drink the grape juice. And if you look into the history, that actually was the cosmic, was the womb and was the blood of the menstrual blood mm. that you're drinking, that we're drinking. And some people might be like, blasphemy! And it's like that <laughs> is that like they've totally inverted everything that like... Yeah, and so we are um, we are relearning and remembering and coming out of the religious programming, the spiritual programming, the um, just like the, the the stories we were told that aren't necessarily true. Yeah. Now, for the selfish babe listening, she's probably glad to hear all that. But why should it? Why should? Why should she even care? Why does it even matter that I even honor my menstrual cycle or, you know, acknowledge it? Like, why does it matter to me in this day and age? Because the more that we come back in, in tune with this, the world is going to shift. The world is shifting. We need the shift. We are seeing what is happening to the earth, to the animals, to the plants, to the creatures, to ourselves. For me, this, the journey started when I was in a, in a, in a domestic violent relationship, an abusive relationship. And it was just symbolic of how disconnected I was to myself and my lack of self-love that I even attracted this person. Every day, women are dying at the hands of a man killing them. Yeah. And it is a reflection of our lack of self-love and boundaries and their disconnection to our wounds, to our life force, to the goddess that lives within us. And so the more that we tap into this, the men, we will just respect us. The men are going to be uplifted in their power. The women are going to rise up into the truth of who they are and their, their, their health. Why are we so sick in this society? Why are there so many hysterectomies? And that's what Queen Afua goes into. Why are women losing their wombs? Like it's a normal thing and something to be proud of. I get passionate on this, but it's, it's so beautiful that more and more I'm seeing it on Instagram. So many women are, are, are realizing this, this beauty way. And we don't have to, you know, paint menstrual blood on our foreheads. You don't, you do what works for you and go at your pace. I haven't, yeah, I want to, I want to do my menstrual blood 
third eye photo and <laughs> do that. But um, yeah, everyone's going to go at their own, what they're ready for. Maybe not even in this lifetime. Maybe someone, it's not their journey and that's okay. Yeah. I have a question. So let's say that a selfish babe is like, okay, well, I do want to start honoring my menstrual cycle or being connected. What would you tell her? I will say thank you for taking this journey to yourself. It's a slow journey of unraveling. It's a spiral just going inwards to yourself, mm -hmm. to the divine that lives inside of you. Mm -hmm. and to just take your time, do your research, see what feels good for you, what resonates for you, listen to your intuition. Mm -hmm. And that's what this whole journey is, listening to our bodies, having cramps and having these um, cysts and different health problems in our uterus is symbolic of us not listening to what our bodies are trying to tell us. And it manifests as a physical disease. The more that we ignore it, it gets louder and louder. And so... I believe and I know in my heart that as we can build this relationship to our bodies and to our wombs, that that disease, it can't, it cannot live in a place where there's harmony and balance when in, within you. Mm -hmm. And then that goes deeper too into like family history and childhood trauma and your relationship to the masculine and your relationship to the feminine and the different like cysts on, on which fallopian tube and the sides. And that's a whole other, whole other podcast maybe. But, mm -hmm. um, I would say yes, just go slow, be gentle with yourself, and just empower yourself. There's lots of beautiful research and books out there, and just read and listen. So what would you tell her to do that? So I know there's lots of research and books and stuff, and um, it's good that she wants to take this journey, but what are some things that you think that she could start doing in order to honor her? I know you mentioned research, but apart from research, what would you your recommendations for the start of the journey yes of like on the cycle. so i would on the on the day that you bleed to give thanks to yourself give thanks to the creator for life you were born from the womb because of menstrual blood giving thanks to that maternal lineage even if you are having problems with you know your mother but just feeling that honor and reverence for that maternal that woman the essence the mother the divine mother the cosmic mother um just feeling that 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 connection first mm -hmm. and then um looking into what products you use are you using toxic tampons and um pads what's what are the products that you're using that was also the beginning of my journey getting rid of those tampons and bringing in the more the healthier materials and um moving slowly like we said that was a, the other part of the story was that there were two twin sisters one of them started to honor that time of her cycle resting when she would bleed and people started to think that she was the younger sister they were identical twins and she started going on this path and the other sister was not and people started to you can actually physically see the the age they were changing physically in their in their bodies in their physical form so um 
the, the other twin who wasn't doing it, she was like, oh my gosh, and I'm going to start doing it now. So then she started honoring her cycle and moving slowly and resting yeah. and um, during that time. So that's just like on the physical level and even like emotionally. But we are so in a go, 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 go society in this world. And so when you rest during that time, it, you get to recharge for the rest of the month. Just yeah. like with the plants, they don't just bloom all year long. Yeah. During the winter, everything goes underground. Yes. It's coming back and need that to like to go into our elderly years to become the wise women and the crones and be vital in our elderly years. It is so important for us to rest during these bleeding times. Yes. Honor these bleeding times. I had a question. You had mentioned the switching over to a different type of tampon or pad. So I don't think a lot of women know that always may not be the best pad to be using. I think that no. you know, the brands, the major brands that are out there, let's say in Walmart or the Target, I don't think a lot of women know that these brands or these types of pads or, or tampons are even toxic to their body. So I wanted to kind of get into that. Um, what would you say in terms of those brands? Like, how can you start doing the research and like, wow, I didn't know that um, my always pad was full of like toxins. Yeah. What would you suggest that they researched or Googled in order to get more information? Um, well, I'm pretty much like, if it has a commercial, stay away from it. If it's an ad in a mainstream magazine, stay away from it. <laughs> That's like, yeah. Um, so you can literally just Google like toxic tampons. It's more and more awareness is coming, is coming out in the mainstream because of it but like always in tampax that's what we've seen our whole lives as the one to buy and that's why everyone buying it but there are chemicals in there you can go and do your research online and then just look for the organic cotton look for the um you can it's more expensive maybe but it's worth it it's worth our health a lot of that is causing health problems in our bodies from using using the bleached um chemically bleached materials and so i would google it and then listening to you, it's always coming back to your intuition and finding the brand that you feel called to you. They're using the rags. I love that idea so much um, that don't have chemicals in them. Maybe ordering online. There are some in Target. There are some in the, main, in the stores. They do have the, the natural. Um, I'm seeing that more. I'm seeing that more and more. And I'm glad. So I like, I understand your perspective of like, if it has a commercial, if it has a major ad, stay away. But I will agree that we are shifting. Yes. That companies that are more so holistic, um, more holistic focus or more natural focus are on the rise. In the next, you know, I say 10 to 15, 20 years, the natural industry is a billion dollar industry. And not saying that this is all a bad thing, but a lot more people are like I actually give a fuck of what's in my tampon I actually give a fuck of the ingredients in my food I care about where my water is coming from and so that is going to increase because recently I was in Target with my girlfriend and she had uh, showed me some Doritos and on it the package is now white and it says now um, made with more natural stuff or whatever and you know I'm not saying that go ahead and go get your bag of Doritos but if that's what you eat that's what you eat I'm saying that the major corporations that we may have grown up with are now seeing that their audience is like oh, we're actually reading ingredients now and we're not buying you and so now they're shifting their branding to be more of a natural branding or taking away certain ingredients we were talking about ginger ale and my girlfriend has said she was like now it says made with real ginger and I was like bitch what was it made with before like we weren't using ginger and ginger ale people should have been drinking ginger tea 
for their stomach aches, but we were drinking ginger ale not made from real ginger. Does that make oh, sense yeah. to y'all? Ginger flavoring and sugar. Right? So I just thought reflection, that was reflection of our consciousness because mm -hmm. we're evolving, so we're going to see it in the outer. And that's just like humanity from the beginning of time. It's a constant evolution. And so before, we were all blind. We just ate whatever the t commercials told us. We didn't even know. We never even read ingredients. And now we're like, oh, wait, why is everyone having cancer? What? Yeah. We're getting to the root of disease and um, realizing that what we put in our body actually affects our body. Who knew? Doctors, exactly. too. They're, they're starting to make that connection. And it's beautiful. Go Doritos, because I just saw the other day that there was MSG in Doritos. So Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just something that I've said. Like, I, I really am affirming that a lot of mo the more smaller business, natural businesses continue to grow on a larger scale so we do see them more in magazines so we do see them more on tv radio on youtube because a lot of people don't even really watch tv anymore they they watch whatever maybe some netflix uh placement or whatever i think that would be really good but i know for me like in terms of ways of honoring my personal mental cycle for the selfish babe listening um i had mentioned teas so red raspberry tea Tea is a wonderful, wonderful tea to start drinking. It's really, really good for womb health. Uh, ginger tea is wonderful. Would you recommend some teas, Devanya, that I'm not mentioning? Because I know red raspberry tea is really good. And ginger tea, do you have any other herbal teas that you would recommend? Because you mentioned a blend that you drink. Yes. Um, I, I love nettle. I think nettle is just like a beautiful, wonderful plant ally to work with throughout the entire month. Um, mm -hmm nourishing to our waters, to our bones, to our lymph, to our blood. Um, so nettle is a nourishing herb that's amazing. Red clover is a nourishing herb that is so great for women. Um, red raspberry leaf is, is, is a tonic herb. So it is, it is nice to drink. It's also really good for a woman who wants to get pregnant because it tonifies the uterus. Um, uh, the, I like to drink hibiscus with rose. I love rose all the time, rose everything. Rose is a beautiful plant, a beautiful flower that connects us to our heart and our womb and the mix, the blend of hibiscus and rose together is just so divine. Um, and I guess it depends on what you're looking to address. So I like to work specifically with individual women. Like what are you, do you have any regular cycle? Are you bleeding heavy? Do, are you bleeding lightly? So um yeah, mugwort. I like to drink also when I'm bleeding because of that psychic and dreamland energy that she brings. Do you feel like um, since drinking mugwort, uh, your psychic energy has increased? Your psychic awareness has increased? Because I've heard of mugwort being that herb for that. Yeah, and also mugwort does induce the cycle too. So it's like, mm -hmm. um, I know maybe you'll, yeah, you can talk about more of that too. Just her wisdom with the, with the herbs. And um, yeah, I, I like connecting to mugwort. Um, when I'm bleeding to tap into go, going even deeper into that yeah. dreamland psychic. And it's, yeah, I have definitely seen <laughs> it's a journey. Nice. I love it. And another thing that I would recommend, um, I'm really big on baths. I'm really big on just being in water. Um, so many Atlanta, Georgia, we don't have beaches, which I came from a beach in, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I used to live in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The beach was 15 minutes away. Now I'm in Atlanta. I'm in like somebody's creek or somebody's river because I need to be in some natural fresh water just in general. But 
at those times that I don't, I like to take herbal baths. And so there may be a time where I may add some roses to a bath, right, with some Epsom salt. And sometimes I like to do that on my cycle. Why? I think that when you're bleeding and you take a bath, I think it uh, removes the ickiness of the cycle. So for example, um, a lot of women do not like to see blood. They don't want to see their own blood. They don't want to see the blood in their uh, pads. They don't want to see the blood in their tampon. It's more so a, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm about to go change my pad. I'm going to throw this out. This is gross. That's the energy that they're bringing. That's the, their awareness of their menstrual cycle. For me, when I take a bath, when I'm bleeding, it's me taking away the energy of this is nasty and this is icky. Because when I get up out the bath, my bath may be a little brown or red because I'm on my cycle. And so for a lot of people, they would be, be like, oh, wow, you're bathing in your menstrual blood. That's disgusting. And so for me, if I'm taking a bath, as just a way to honor my cycle, it's to take away, no, this is not icky, this is blood, this is nourishing blood, this is blood that a child, if I wanted to have a baby, would be in my womb right now feeding off of this blood. And so I would suggest for the selfish babe watching, taking spiritual baths and herbal baths. She mentioned hibiscus. In Jamaica, we call it sorrel, but I will have like the dried sorrel and roses or some Epsom salt or whatever herb you feel more called to, but I love using plants in my baths. I love to affirm my baths. And when I say affirm, maybe speak some affirmations or set an intention before I actually step into the bath and then I get in. And a lot of times in my bath, I do not listen to music. Back in the day, I would be playing Sade all day, you know, relaxed to her sweet, sweet voice, you know, in my bath. But nowadays, I like to take silent baths because for me, I get a lot of revelation. I get a lot of things of what I need to do, maybe what I need to release, or maybe some affirmations at the time that I need to speak into myself, into my life, and into my bath. And then I continue to take that bath water and wash it over me, using the herbs, using my words, and so that when I get out of the bath, I am charged up. I'm prayed up and I'm charged up. And when I say prayed up, my prayers is affirmation. And so when I say I'm prayed up, I'm affirmed up into my life. And so that is one thing I definitely want to tell the selfish babe listening. If you're the woman that's like, damn, I don't like my mental cycle. This shit is icky. I really suggest taking a bath because then I feel like you will change your mindset from this is disgusting to wow, I'm really honoring myself. Because as Devana has just mentioned, it's really about connecting to yourself. It's honoring yourself, right? I mentioned connecting to the vagina. A lot of times we're so disconnected and we push things away that is inside of us. Just like she mentioned numbing things, right? With the IUD, the IUD and certain things like that. When you are bringing awareness back into your menstrual cycle and bringing awareness back into yourself, you're embracing all of yourself as a woman. And I think that's super important for the selfish babe listening is like, I embrace myself. I'm going to start embracing myself. I'm going to try drinking this hibiscus and rose tea and I'm going to go take my bath while I'm bleeding so that I can get away from the mentality of, wow, having a menstrual cycle is so disgusting. So I want to mention that um, before I moved on, but I now want to talk about um, blood magic and using your menstrual blood. And so I just want to give my little experience that I've done, and then I want to get into you guys' experiences if you have, because I know some lady you mentioned uh, taking that cloth and watering your plants, which is very important. So um, I don't remember where I heard about blood magic from in terms of using my menstrual blood or my moon blood, but I know one day. Um, I had rinsed, rinsed out like my pad in some water. I had wrote down some things that I was affirming for myself. 
And then I had went out to some park somewhere by a tree and I had dug a hole and I put my affirmations into the hole and then I poured the, the blood water on top of that, knowing that it was going to grow. The symbolism behind that for me was that I'm planting a seed and I'm going to affirm that it's going to grow into my physical reality. So that's one way that I use my menstrual blood. Now I want to talk about how you guys have used menstrual blood and given it back into the earth and why you chose to do that. Anyone can go first. Mm -hmm. So since I bleed on a rag, which was another big reason why I chose to bleed on a rag was so that I can, can I could use that blood. And um, so it was very easy with the diva cup. I would just take the blood out and go outside and pour it directly onto the earth. But now I choose to put it in some spring water and I drop the rag and close it up, shake it, leave it for like an hour and allow all that blood. It's a beautiful, like you can see it just seeping out into the water. And then eventually you go back and the water is just deep red. It's gorgeous. And then I'll take that. It depends on what I'm feeling. Sometimes I'll feed it to my plants if I'm thinking that, um, if I'm feeling like a, a certain, some of my plants are struggling, I'll feed it to them as a gift yeah. and communicate to them what I'm intending to give them. Mm -hmm. And most of the time I use it in a release ceremony as to help me release that which is no longer needed within me. So I'll take that blood and go out to the earth and usually I get on my knees and just voice out loud what things are no longer serving me and what I want to release at this time. And then I'll pour the blood as I'm doing that. And it, it can help me in that way. I like that. And what made you even want to use your menstrual blood? Like, what about it? Why do you water your plants with it? I water my plants with it because I just feel that it's so sacred and powerful. It also has very good minerals in it. If we want to get scientific with it, yeah. um, it does help the plant nutritionally. And yeah. I think it helps the plant spiritually as well just by communicating to it plants they receive everything on energetically and through and physic and physically so by talking to them and communicating with them and then giving them this physical gift of something that came from me yeah. i feel i'm really connecting with the plant i like that and yeah. what about you Devana? what how do you use your menstrual blood yeah um yes it definitely was easy with the diva cup that's what i did like about it it was you just had all this blood um <laughs> but also yeah with the pads i soak it in water and i'll like put it in a mason jar and then i'll wait to the end and then go and give it to the earth and i give it as an offering of thanks and of gratitude for all that the earth gives us yeah. without asking for anything in return i look at it as i'm feeding the earth that feeds us to build this beautiful um relationship and the earth loves it. It's like putting a part of us, our DNA, into the earth, where our bodies go when we leave this earth, go back into the earth. So it's just kind of building this relationship with the earth. I love the term earth, earth my body, earth our body. Um, yeah. And and it's a reflection of what's happening to the earth. It's a reflection to our body. So the more that we connect to our bodies and connect to the earth, we will all heal. It's just so healing. And it's like taking that pause taking that time to go outside, to be with the earth, to give thanks for all of life. And it just creates this beautiful, I just, I see butterflies and hummingbirds and dragonflies every day. I'm just surrounded by beauty um, because I live the beauty way. And it's, that's a part of it. I like that. Um, and just watching your dreams come into manifestation. 
I like that. You said womb manifestation. Yeah. Right? yeah right? I like that a lot. It's cute. <laughs> yeah. And um, there are, I haven't done this yet. I want to start doing this, but um, drinking menstrual blood, people might be like, oh my, what did she say? But it yeah. is, um, they've done studies and it's a, it will turn gray hair back to the youthful dark black yeah. color. Um, they've done different studies, scientific studies, more research. You can go into that tunnel and look, look into, um, but yes, drinking menstrual blood, just like I mentioned before, like with the Christ connection of drinking Christ's blood, that it actually like rebirths and regenerates our bodies. Yeah. And like that fountain of youth, that is the mystery that people have been searching for, that it actually is our menstrual blood. Wow. So if there's a selfish group out there that's like, I'm down with Devana and I want to go drink my menstrual blood, well, here you got it. There's some research behind it. Go look. I know I personally wouldn't. I've heard about it though. And I think, you know, everybody has their own choice. So thank you for mentioning that. I'm glad. Yeah. Now. I want to see. I'm like really curious. <laughs> oh, definitely like update us because I would love to like, like when you do start, like if you can give us like a three month or a four month update, I want to know like if you've actually seen some changes because that's actually really good. Okay. No. Yeah. I was going to ask you for your personal blood because we had mentioned blood magic. Do you use um, any of your menstrual blood? or what we call blood magic or any other um, rituals or uh, ways of manifestation? And if so, how? Um, for me, it's been mostly for the earth. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I'm excited to just go deeper and deeper into this journey because I know that it's, it's just starting. Um, I, I personally don't have sex when I'm bleeding. Yeah. Um, but I know so many women love it, but I've also have heard and learned that the, the combination of semen and menstrual blood is like one of the most potent and powerful mm -hmm. elixirs that you can create so much with if you're in a sacred partnership with someone for, for, um, calling in your, your dreams, your goals to do that in magic, a sacred right? way. That's magic. Yeah, that's magic, right? <laughs> That's sex magic. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things of sex magic. And so, um, yeah, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's a lot. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm, I want to even go deeper with that. Like using my blood in, in ritual. I have a 16 month old baby right now. So like that's, I'm coming back into finding my, my time for myself to go into, into those, those practices and, I like that. Yeah. And no, earlier we had mentioned red tent. So would you be able to talk about what a red tent is and um, even like historically why we did them and maybe how a woman can create her own personal red tent or maybe find one if you know of any? Um, well, the red tent is a place that women go to when they're bleeding to all be together mm -hmm. to talk about historically would be. Um, in the ancient days where we would talk about what's going on in the community, what is going on with the, with the tribes, what is happening as a society that we can help with, what needs to be healed. It was a place that women would come to together to connect with each other, to be supported by one another, to take baths, be, be in the river, be with the earth, rest and rejuvenate. Um, and when they would return back, they would leave, they'd go away from 
the, the community go into a place in nature. And then when they would come back, they would be revitalized, bringing in the wisdom that they received from being together in that sacred place and come back and apply it into the daily life, into the communities, just bringing beauty and love and wisdom and power to the, to the tribes, to the, to the village. And nowadays in modern world, like we don't even have that, like where would we go? So we are starting to create our own and in whatever way that looks for each person, each, each community gathering with your sisters. Um, I still don't quite know how it is. I've only have done it like at festivals where they would create a space for like them, for the, all the women who are bleeding to go and be, and, um, giving the blood to the earth. Um, how so I've also do that at the festival. Um, well, for me, it was actually not even, it was like a rendition of it that people weren't bleeding. It was like okay. you, some were and some weren't. And so it was a, it was a container that was created and we would like pull cards and share our stories of our blood and share with them and share different stories. And if someone was bleeding and they can do it. So it wasn't just only for people who were bleeding yeah. and it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. We lay down and had received a shamanic meditation. Someone was drumming. So um, I've been invited to a few like in LA, but I haven't attended one, but it's like you wear red and everything would be decorated in red and there are roses. I've seen pictures. Um, but I'm, so I'm not sure what that modern day version yeah. in, in the city would be. I think it's more about sharing stories like this, sharing our journey with our blood, um, yeah. sharing our dreams and our goals. I had a thought a second ago when you had mentioned that. So like, let's say like, you know, you're so straight out there listening and you're like, you know, you don't got a red tent near you. I think you can create your own for yourself. So maybe on your moon time, maybe you wear some red. I'm wearing some red right now, by the way. I was looking for a red tent top before this podcast, but I couldn't find it. So I just wore this. <laughs> and so you got a red shawl. But um, I would say create your own. And so what that, what does that look like? That could be wearing red on your first day or your second day. That could be, you know, adding some red roses into your room. That could be even writing with a red pen, right? And so the red is just very symbolic, um, just for the fact that you're bleeding during that time. And so I think that if you cannot look for a red, um, have a red tent near you, I would Google red tent near me or red tent events. If you are a selfish baby listening, because I believe in the um, effective use of technology, we can Google these things things as well but if you wanted to create that with just yourself and you alone I think that you can create your own red tent for yourself maybe you sing a song maybe you dance maybe do some hula hooping maybe write in your journal that first or second night and create that sacred space for yourself I was gonna ask you a question but I think it like left my mind but I think it's powerful the fact that women even got together when they were bleeding together I remember what I was gonna say so if you can't do a red tent, I do highly recommend women on new moons and full moons getting together, whether or not they're bleeding. I think that that's great together for women to come together and maybe they can do some manifestation together or just commune together. And I think women coming together during the new moon or and or the full moon during that time, whether or not they're bleeding is very important. So maybe you and your friends come together and maybe all bring some food and maybe think about what it is that you want to manifest and do some type of release ceremony or a manifestation ceremony. Again, you can also do things as well. But that's what I would recommend for those that do not have access to a red tent. You can have your moon gatherings. So thank you so much for sharing that. Now, 
I want to talk about, so let's say the Selfish Babe listening is live. All right, girls. Well, thank y'all. I really appreciate it. Thank you for, you know, sharing your wisdom on the menstrual cycle, but a girl is good. Okay. A girl wants some natural birth control methods. You know, I'm not trying to get pregnant right now. What can I use, uh, Miss Valadia? What can they use? So I want to go into the natural birth control segment of this podcast. All right, all right. So I did want to comment, bringing it way back to the beginning when you talked about the post that you did. And yeah. one of the person's comments was like, well, I'm on my IUD because ain't nobody going to take care of my kids. Like, and, and they're like, everyone is valid in using pharmaceutical or any other type of birth control because of that. You know, there are so many people that just don't have the like they don't have the capacity whether they're a single mother and they and they're working and they have no time to even learn about natural methods and and try to take their temperature and check their fluid and yeah. they just don't have the time i totally understand why some people can't and what i'm going to talk about is today's the fertility awareness method and before i go into it yes Cairo, get that lunch <laughs> um what with the fertility awareness method this method will not work for you if number one, you are someone who uh, does not usually commit to routines. You know, like you buy a supplement and you don't take it every day like you thought, or you don't do your facial routine. You know, if you if you don't can't commit to them, I wouldn't recommend this. If you if you have multiple partners, um, I wouldn't recommend it only because only if you're not using condoms because. The fertility awareness method does not protect you from STDs and STIs. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's pretty much just my disclaimer. Yeah. So what I use right now, and I'm not using it fully because my partner and I are also using natural condoms, yeah. but the fertility awareness method is a blank, is an umbrella statement to a lot of smaller methods yeah. or a lot of other names for fertility awareness methods. So there's like natural family planning and selective abstinence. Billings method, cycle beads, there's like all these different types. And before I even go on to a rant and overwhelm people, I want you to know that the Bible that I am getting my information from and that most people that I talk to that are reproductive health guides get their information from is called Taking Charge of Your Fertility by Tony Weschler. T-O-N-I-W-E-S-C-H-L-E-R. She wrote this book. It's a big old thick book. And that book is the Bible for reproductive health. If you are looking to have a child or if you're looking for natural birth control or you just want to be empowered, knowing more, like you said, knowing that I'm ovulating. This is so yeah. cool. Now I know. Knowing this, knowing that. That's your book right there. Yeah. And my second book, second book yeah. that I'm getting my information from, which is going to give you a little more information about um, herbal birth control, is called The Wise Woman. Uh, oh God! Now I now I I don't even have my book over here with me. It starts with the wise woman, though. It's the wise woman herbal for a childbearing year. That's what it. Is. Oh, by Susan Weed. By Susan Weed, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, my book is, is like over there in the corner, but yes, those are the top two books for natural birth control. Okay. So fertility awareness method is basically going off of two uh, major signs of fertility. And this first one is your, well, three really. The first one is your cervical position. So when you look at, if you've ever gone to the gynecologist, and they, I don't know, I'm, I loved when I used to go all the time. I haven't gone to a gynecologist in a while, but when I did used to go, I used to ask them if I could see, like if they had a little camera in there when they give you your HPV cert test or whatever, you know, different yes. things like that. I wanted to see what it looks like. 
And if you look back there deep enough, you can see the cervix, which is that little entrance to the uterus. That's where that's what dilates when we have a child, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. The, your cervix, that entrance of the uterus, it cha- it moves in a circle. It moves position throughout our cycle. Hmm. <clears throat> so you can track that position by basically sticking your finger up your vagina and feeling where it is. You can feel a difference. This is another reason why to go off left field, when a woman is not aroused properly, sex can be more painful hmm. because it takes about 20 to 30 minutes for a woman to be fully aroused sometimes. And your cervix moves up to hmm. make room for the penis. Ah, I didn't know that. So if you're like rushing into it, not only have the juices, you know, the communication with our mind of being aroused hasn't really made the juices start flowing, but the cervix can also be a little too low. So now it might be a little uncomfortable or painful. Yeah. That's just a little factoid. But so, so, so that's the first part of fertility awareness is checking your cervix. And I hope that no one goes and uses this information and starts it right away because you're going to get pregnant if you don't research. Yeah. Um, go get the book so that you can really learn more. I mean, this is a big book of what I'm condensing into 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, so that's the cervical position. The second would be cervical fluid, like you were talking about, uh, cervical mucus or fluid that it changes when you are fertile. It becomes very, very thin and watery, like egg whites almost. And then as we're not fertile, it's thicker and a little, uh, creamier and, um, yeah. And, uh, the the third thing would be temperature. So your temperature does rise when you're fertile by like 0.5 to one degree. And so if you're taking it regularly, you'll have to, and this is why fertility awareness works. If you do six, you should, you should trial it out for like six months and track your period for like six months using an app or something like that. And then you start to learn that way you can take your temperature every morning. And I, I mean, fertility awareness is, it's not easy. Yeah. But it has been shown through studies to be 99.6% effective as birth control. But it's a lot. You have to do those three things and you have to do the temperature every single morning and then you have to check your fluid every day and your position every day. So it's like not a lot of people are going to want to have to do all of that. So let's pull out the handy dandy Mary Poppins bag of things that are not fertility awareness. (laughs) Because I know every time I talk about it, people are like, that sounds like too much. I have yeah, to look at it. It's like the consistency this. thing that you mentioned, though, is very important. And a lot of people is like, nah, that's not I know that won't work for me. Yeah. And it won't work for everyone. And, and I do it now. Be, I'm learning even more and more about it now just because I actually, it empowers me to learn. And it empowers me to feel the cervix and to feel the fluid. And I, I like that. But um, it's okay if people don't have time or don't want to do that. So. Yeah. If you don't want to do fertility awareness method, there are a couple of herbs. Um, one that I would recommend, well, we talked about abortion in our, what last time you yeah. and I spoke. <laughs> and um, I'm not even going to go into those abortive herbs, but um, you can listen to that other podcast episode about abortion and learn about the herbs that we spoke about there. And those are not, it's not really like aborting a fetus. It's more preventing implantation. Yeah. You know, so we don't want the, you don't want the fertilized egg to implant into the uterus, which happens within six to eight days of unprotected sex. So those are those herbs. But the herbs for birth control would be one of them, and this is from the, wild, the Wise Woman book, one of them would be stone seed root. 
Now, it's interesting. The reason why I started doing this herbal work was because my grand, my great grandparents used to always like, oh yeah, you could eat that, that that weed out there and it'll help you go to the bathroom or, you know, they used to mention things like that, but my family never taught me about herbs at all. And we have somehow forgotten what our ancestors knew so well. Mm -hmm. And stone seed root was used by the Dakota Indian women in those Indian tribe, Native American tribes. How long ago was that, that they knew that they could use this herb as a form of birth control and it would temporarily sterilize them? What did you drink it? So with the stone seed root, they would, they would make a cold infusion, a steep, so you put, put all the roots in water and um, I don't know if they had jars or whatever they had, they would cover it and keep it in there for like many, many hours, like probably like four to, four to 10 hours, something like that, probably an overnight cold infusion. And then they would drink a cup of that every day. Okay. And that would temporarily sterilize them. Okay. Now, one thing to note about stone seed root is it will, um, it, it can cause permanent sterility if you use it for longer, you know, for years and years and years. Okay. It's, um, it's a really strong root. So that's, I don't know, you know, I think just research it. That's, yeah. I'm just throwing it out there for you to research. Don't use it long term. Yeah, and don't use it long term. My second one would be neem oil, and we talked about this yeah. in the abortion uh, episode. Neem oil has been there are hundreds of studies, most of them happening in India. A lot of women out there use neem oil vaginally for temporary, and neem oil is great because you can use it for years and you will still be fertile. Neem oil is also amazing because it works for men. It yeah. works successfully as male birth control. Um, and it also works because they were taking neem oil tablets in a 1998 study. Ah. And every single man was rendered temporarily infertile and had no side effects, no mood swings, no aches, pains, nothing. I love that. And look at us now running all these tests on the new male birth control they're trying to come out. And they don't want to make it because all the men are like, well, we're getting sick and we're having all these reactions. I'm like, well, so are we. Yeah. <laughs> Female birth control. We are too. Uh, so how about we go back to the neem? I don't know what's going on with that. But anyway, so neem, you find neem tablets. Those can be taken every day as a form of birth control. But, but um, get the Wise Woman book and research like the dosage and how exactly to use the neem. But it has been like, it works pretty well. Nice. A, another one would be Jack in the Pulpit root. This is a root that was also used by Native Americans. There's probably a better word for it. I just know everyone calls it Jack in the Pulpit. But um, I don't know the botanical name of it, Um, but a quick Google search will tell you that, and that root can be dried, and well, what the Native Americans did was they dried it, grinded it into a powder, put that in water, in a cup of water, and then strained it to make it like some sort of a paste, Hmm. and then they would eat that paste, Hmm. and they would only have to eat it once a week, and it would render them infertile. Oh, wow. So that's just like a little pace that you would do every Sunday and any time birth control. And then, you know, but all of these herbal methods are, I think, are used best in partner with fertility awareness. Like you have to have some sort of knowledge of what's going on down there. I don't think herbal methods will work well if you're just throwing down the hatchet and not paying attention. It's just, you know, and um, the last one would be thistles. Uh, not milk thistle, but just plain thistle. You can, the, the Quinault Indians use this, and this was also a temporary uh, sterility herb. I'm not exactly sure how they used it. It's not in my notes. It might be in the book, but um, yeah, so that's another one. And 
those are my herbal fixes. I think more successfully, um, I think herbs work more successfully as abortifacients and amenagogues, meaning stopping implantation, than they do long-term. It seems like, honestly, I personally think I would be like, is the meme. That seems yeah, like- It has been like 99% effective. And there's been studies on men, women, and mice, and the mice were the same. Yeah. They were they were unaffected in every other area, but if they took it every day, they were infertile. If they stopped taking it, they were fertile again. Yeah, I like that. Now, personally, what do you do? I use the fertility awareness method and condoms. So I track my cycle based off of temperature and fluid and cervical position. And then I, I so I know when I'm ovulating, I know when my periods of infertility are and fertility. So when I know that I'm getting close to my fertile window, which is yeah. usually about eight days. I actually extend it out to about like 14 days. And those are my safe days or not my unsafe days yeah. where we use condoms and the withdrawal method. Yeah. And those days that I know I'm safe, we will have a little fun, even though it's still a little nerve wracking because I, I don't <laughs> want to have a baby yet, but we, yeah. we sometimes have a little bit of fun. I'll say when I was with my ex and <laughs> exes like for me condoms was just it like that was it like I know a lot of women are like on birth control but I was like anything in condom like that's just always been my method condom now I've looked into more natural condoms and there's so many more brands coming out I think there's one called Lola that I was getting um looking into but at that time it was like I was never the girl that was like I'm gonna have to have it raw. But I get the connection of having it raw with your partner. I was a girl like, I'm not trying to get pregnant right now, so about to use condom. Like that was just always my thing. For but sure. then like, women, there's a lot of women that are not into the condoms and they would prefer the IUD or the birth control. But for me, on my perspective, is that I don't want my hormones changing like that. I don't want the toxicities like that. I don't mind the condom in. But the time we're about to use it and take it off, I'm good to go. <laughs> so I will say, you know, for me, the handy dandy condom is still a natural. Well, I would call it, it's not me on that on natural, but for me, that's what works. I can still get my period yeah. and I can still have a fun time having sex. Now I'm with a woman, so I don't have to worry about that. We're both tested, so I don't need to worry about condoms. I'm not getting pregnant anytime soon, but uh, I still say to the selfish babe listening, uh, you know, I, I I still promote the condoms. Like that's condoms are are awesome. <laughs> Those are awesome. Uh, it's it's definitely unfortunate, like the waste that they create. You know, the little packages and the, and the yeah. like that. but hey, uh, that's what works for us right now too. Because I don't really mind it either. There are some people who really tell the difference. I of course I can tell, but I don't mind it. I'm still aroused and it's still an enjoyable experience. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Is there anything anybody else wants to say before we end the Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast? Um, one thing I forgot to add that I wanted to add when I do bleed, it's a new ritual that I started at the beginning of this year and it is buying myself flowers Ooh. every time. So once a month I buy myself beautiful roses or flowers and they sit in the room or I put them wherever in the kitchen and it's just this little like treat for myself. I love Ooh. that. Tell yeah. me about the rose because you mentioned the hibiscus and the rose tea. Do you use the roses that you buy for the tea? Or like, where do you get your roses from that you no. actually drink? Roses that I, that you don't want to ever use flower, florist flowers to yeah. drink to, in your body because you don't really know like the source, what they're using pesticide, what they're using. I mean, I, I get like the rainbow certified or rainforest, great for the 
rainforest flowers yeah. from Trader Joe's. They have great flowers there. But um, the flowers that I use for teas are organic. Um, and there's different places online you can get them. Mountain Rose Herbs is a great um, yeah, yeah. source for organic, organic herbs. Um, and yeah, just do your research online and try to find a source that resonates with you that are organic or pesticide free. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I want to mention that because I was like, what kind of roses are you drinking? So thank you. Uh, yeah. I'm drinking the herbs like meant for teas, but I'll use the ones that I buy for myself in a bath. I'll use like flowers like that, either from the garden or from the ones I buy, I'll take the petals and put it in my bath. I love it. That's nice. And what about you, Valeria? Any last words that you want to say? I just wanted to say that although every being has their own choice, and I understand that all lifestyles, um, not all lifestyles can warrant a natural method, I just want to make sure that if you're having um, messages or feelings that your birth control is causing any imbalances, you need to assess that and you need to seek out things that can help you because the birth control pill, hormonal birth control, it depletes your B12, your vitamin C, D, and E in your body. It depletes your vitamin A in, the in your body. The way the hormonal birth control works is it, um, it actually shuts off the communication between your brain and your reproductive system. Wow. So when people are on birth control pills for 10, 15, 20 years, you are most likely, well, not everybody, but that could be a reason why you're having so many other hormonal issues, mental illnesses. I mean, it, it does wreak havoc on the body long term. So, it, and, and, and if you choose to take birth control now, that's one, you know, that's you, and that's great. And I'm not judging that. But when you decide to get off, or while you're on, research ways that you can continue to nourish your body to compensate for what the birth control is doing to other systems in your body. And I wanted to recommend one last book. Yeah. Which is called Beyond the Pill. It's called Beyond the Pill? Uh-huh. And it's written by Dr. Jolene Brighton, who's a hormone specialist. This is my, I haven't even finished it yet, but it is so good because she's not judging anybody for whatever kind of birth control you take. She's just saying, if you're on this type of pill, these are the vitamins you should be taking. Ah. Here's what you should be doing. If you do, if you get off of the birth control and depending on what kind you get off of, here's how to restore your hormones. Here's what foods you should be eating and what supplements you can be taking to balance, bring your body back to balance after you dump, after you've taken birth control. And she calls it post birth control syndrome because so many people are depleted in every way after. So that book is a huge tool for any of you who just want to focus on nourishment and you don't, and you want to continue to take it, you want to go. Post control syndrome. That's definitely something to Google. I've been on pills for nine years. Wow. I mean, just like I had mentioned, women and birth control, and then they're like, my cycle still hasn't come, and then they're diagnosed with menorrhea, not having their cycle, and they are still very fucking young. And so it's just like, that's ridiculous. But there are ways to get the cycle, the cycle back. Um, I did want to recommend this other book called red moon it's called red moon yeah understanding and using the creative sexual and spiritual gifts of the menstrual cycle by miranda ray and so if you guys are watching you guys see it i'm going to be linking all these books that you guys mentioned in the description as well as on the description on youtube and i don't know if a lot of these books are on audible unfortunately i will do some research and see and i just want to reference that because i know that 
At one point in my life, Audible was like my go-to to actually finish books. And so I'm going to see if some of these books are on Audible, but they may not be. But like we have, I think majority of us have mentioned Sacred Women to just get the jump start and get them in touch with room. That's very, very important. And were you saying something, Devana? Oh, I was saying I was on birth control for nine years, and then I did for the first time. I ate medicinal mushrooms, and I got the strong message: stop taking your birth control because I had forgotten my pills. I was out of town, and I started bleeding while I was on that journey. And it was just a strong message: stop. And I haven't been on it been on it since. Wow! Um, and there's a beautiful quote from the Hopi tribe that says, "When the women." return their blood to the earth in a sacred way, the men will come home from war and there will be peace on earth again. Mm. And it's like, we can all take that into like, what does that mean? Why? And like, think about that and just reflect on that quote. I love it. And there's also another thing, selfish babe, I want you guys to reflect on. This is just my personal thoughts. It's like, okay, I know a lot of women are saying, well, they don't want to get pregnant right now. I totally understand that. But just think about this. If you are a woman that is engaging sexually with a man, right? Why is it that you are taking these um, pills or shots or whatever it is that you're taking for a long amount of time for sexual pleasure when the guy is not doing that at all? Like, that's why I go back to like condoms. Like, I understand like the difference in feeling and stuff like that. But my thought is like, well, what is the, the guy's not doing this? He's not injecting himself. He's not taking these pills. Yeah, we're coming out with male birth control. But how many guys are actually going to fucking do that? Like, so my thing is just like, just be aware, like, just think about the actions that you're doing for this. Like, there's other ways that I think that you guys can go about in reconnecting with yourselves. But if you are a woman that's like, well, I'm good with my IUD, I'm good with my depo shop, cool to you. But I'm just glad that we did this podcast so that awareness was definitely mentioned. Because I know a lot of women, especially especially with you, uh, Valeria, they were like, well, what's the natural birth control, sis? Let me know. So <laughs> I'm glad that you were able to uh, tell us about it. So I want to say thank you, beautiful ladies. For joining can you guys give your Instagram names again yes you can find me on Instagram as earth mama medicine and she got a YouTube channel yeah I should go watch some of her videos yeah there's lots of reproductive health videos on the YouTube channel it's also called earth mama medicine Ashay. Hmm. <laughs> and my Instagram is divine d-i-v-i-n-e Davana. d-a-v-a-n-a Ashay. and sometimes you do women's circles don't you in California? Yes, I have one this Saturday. Um, we've been doing them monthly. I've been doing women's circles for about three years now, maybe four years. And it's this beautiful gathering of women, usually around the new moon or the full moon. And we come together and share. We do shadow work and singing and heart sharing, connection, tears are shed, laughter, we all bring a, a dish and we eat afterwards. We talk about the yoni and the menstrual cycle and whatever's coming up for different women. And it's amazing. I highly recommend every woman start one in her community. Even if it's just five women, that's considered a group of five. So yeah. beautiful.
Well, thank you. If you're in California, definitely check out some of her gatherings. Thank you, ladies. And thank you for the Selfish Babe watching. I love you. Hey, beautiful. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast. If you feel like this episode has helped you in any way and you think that it could be impactful to a girl or a woman that you know, definitely send this episode to her. Also, make sure to download our Selfish Babe app to receive self-love inspirational messages throughout your day found in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. You can also head over to our website, SelfishBabe.com, to join the community. Follow at SelfishBabes with an S on Instagram. Or you can also follow me on Instagram at OlenikeLC. I affirm that you have an amazing day. I will connect with you on the next episode. And I love you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.